Okay, episode six, Lane One Talk Show. Phil here with my co-host, Mark. We are going to get into some Olympic trials and talking about Boston Indoor. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. It's been a while since I've seen you. I yeah. feel like we've been on the go. Really yep. happy to really happy to catch up, see how everything's been with you, man. Just want to kick things off. How How's how's life been since the trials? How's, how have these last four days been? Um, it's been a whirlwind. We went to Disneyland um, on Monday and Tuesday after the trials. So marathon Saturday, Sunday rest day, Disney World, Orlando, Florida, all day Monday, all day Tuesday, fly home Wednesday, now back to work on Thursday, now it's Friday. Um, I'm feeling better. I was in rare form. My body was was definitely hurting after that marathon. Um, but I'm feeling better every day. I went and got a massage, saw, saw our boy Andy tonight. Hey, shout out Andy. Shout out Andy. Um, so I feel a lot better after that. And um, yeah, I'm probably gonna see him and maybe uh, Scott next week and try to get the body going again here soon. Yeah, yeah, dude. How how was it at uh, Disney World? Did you, did you do fast passes? How did your body hold up? Because that sounds kind of tough. Oh, fast pass is the way to go. It's called, what is it called now? It's called um, uh, Lightning Lane. So oh. you got to get Genie Plus. It's all on the app. Um, you get these Genie Plus passes and you can go straight to the front. It's it's the only way to do it. It's especially with a four-year-old, Calvin, um, you know, waiting 90 minutes in a line for It's a Small World. Uh, would have been Shout tough. Out, it's a small world. Yeah, but we went on It's a Small World, but we had a lightning lane pass and we went right, right to the front. Um, so yeah, pro tip, all parents out there, anyone who wants to go to Disney, you got to get the lightning lane. It's worth, it's, I don't know, like 20 bucks a person. Yeah. Um, and of course the premium rides, they charge you an additional to get a lightning lane for that. So, I mean, m Disney prints money, dude. They are a money printing machine. Oh yeah. It's like, how, how much is your time worth? Like how valuable is your time? Are you willing yeah. to stand there for 90 minutes or are you going to pay 40 bucks to stand there for five? I'm going to pay the 40 bucks and we're going to get the most. We're going to get 10 rides in. We're going to do three parks in two days. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. No um, kidding. No kidding. Yeah. But that was a lot of fun. Exhausting. A lot of, uh, you know, two phases of the trip, you know, trials for four days and then four days at Disney and you know with a day of travel on each end so yeah um we're settling back into the regular life um yeah overall it was, a, it, was a, it was a good trip yeah nice nice yeah um yeah i've kind of just been i kind of just been training on yeah. my end i've i've stayed super low-key um been had a lot of quality blake molly time <laughs> <laughs> I saw him yesterday and i saw him today so that oh, was nice cool. Um, this is where are we at February 8th or February 9th. Yeah. Today. Today's Friday the 9th. Yeah. Hung out with Blake Molly last two days. Shout out Blake. But um, a lot of Shout it. Shout out Blake. Been, yeah. A lot of it has just been trying to stay dry, stay out of the rain. Mm -hmm. um, we had a tornado in Grover Beach <laughs> on, I think, Tuesday. That was pretty crazy. Yeah. I saw that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I saw that. That because I work, you know, I work in that area. And so, yeah. Everyone, um, Everyone was talking about it. It was a real tornado. Mm -hmm. Legit. It was, I guess, F1 is what they call it. Mm -hmm. But really small, but still. So we got tornadoes in California now. Uh, LA had a 
earthquake or 4.7 earthquake today. <laughs> so, Had a 4.7 in LA. In LA, yeah, Malibu. Oh, I think I saw that. Where yeah, was it? Where, where where was it uh, epicentered? Uh, Malibu. Malibu. Oh man. Yeah, and then Hawaii had a 5.7 today. So oh, we we in the end times, man. <laughs> yeah, we need Dwayne the Rock right. Johnson to come and save us. I know, seriously, bro. San Andreas, shout out. But um, <laughs> yeah, let's let's hop right into it. So yeah, let's hear about. I want to hear about Boston. So that so, um, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus because uh, Mark was in Boston, then I was in Orlando, and so this is our first weekend back um, in the same town back ready to 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 record a pod so let's see i want to hear about your boston experience yeah so let me hop right into that we'll hop into boston then we'll talk a bit about the trials but real quick i went to the john thomas terrier classic and travel wasn't bad it actually went super smooth it's a long travel so it's super rough but um i didn't get very bad weather east coast is very different from the west coast though so i rolled up and i was freezing my Mm -hmm. butt off it was 30 degrees out 20 something degrees at night. Mm-hmm. And there I am walking down the street to Trader Joe's to grab my snacks for the next day, next couple days. Right. So I'm over here freezing. You can tell who the California person is with the three jackets on while everyone else. I, I think I seen someone running in a sports bra <laughs> and I'm over here in like a fur coat trying yeah. to stay warm. Yeah. But that was my first indoor meet. And I got to be honest, that was a lot of fun. It felt yeah. like a freaking roller derby out there. A lot of high name, uh, like um, a lot of high name athletes that were out there too. Guys from OAC, guys from Under Armour, Dark Sky, Nike guys. Um, spend a lot of time out there with um with the boy Craig, um, his buddy Matt, who's filming a documentary on him. So that's going to be released, I believe, after the Olympic trials. So that was a pretty cool experience. Pretty cool to be a part of doing pre meet with them, shaking out all that kind of stuff, um, and just having some friends out there to do the whole experience with. If not, I probably would have been by myself out there. Saw some of my friends from LA as well. Running or fans or all of the um, above running. running. Yeah. All running. I don't have fans, bro. I'm not that big yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> but, uh, all friends saw a lot of people that I knew out there. So environment was, it was good because you yeah. see some fast, you see some fast times out there. You see, um, mile was one in three fifty three. couple highlights out there. Um, Shout out Hoka sponsored athlete Adrian Wild Scoop. Yeah, he's someone that's always kind of been a bridesmaid, never a bride. In terms of his NCAA career, he's a consistent top five finisher. Went to Naz Elite. He's South African. Wound up um, having the fastest time of the day, twelve fifty six. Yeah, saw that. He's, yeah, he's South African, right? South African in Hoka spikes. Shout out the new Hoka, the new um. What are they called? Yellow flies. Damn, I need. I really need. Should know that, but <laughs> yeah, really good spikes. I got to run in them too. Felt really good, really comfortable. Saw the collegiate record go down. Um, in the five k, Nico Young ran twelve fifty seven. That was an exhilarating crowd. Just everybody lined up in lane eight. They were allowing spectators on the actual track, and it was a freaking zoo in there. Wow. Like where people were on, on the track in lane eight. Yeah. People Dang. were, or I guess not lane eight. What's the furthest out on an indoor track? Like six. Um, yeah. Six. <laughs> yeah. Something I, like I that. Yeah, but not, people yeah. sitting in lane six, just screaming loud. It was a stadium in there. And being from California, we don't really experience that very much. So that was super exciting for me to be a part of. Yeah. But 
Was there anything you you were there? You know, you saw a lot of like you know a list running celebrities in the distance world. Yeah. Was there anything you saw that you know them do in terms of their preparation, their racing, their you know something that 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 stood out in your mind? Like you know when you see Nico Young or when you see um, you know some of these you know really fast people. Is is it? Was there anything that stood out in your mind in terms of like their preparation, their race, how they, um, you know, got in the zone? Anything that you noticed? Not really, man. I mean, it's not rocket science before you race. And like we have the same routine as they do, you know, stay relaxed. Or in all honesty, I probably did a little too much day of the race. Yeah. In terms of like for my shakeout, I shook out with Craig um, for his for his warm up because it was like five hours before mine. But um all honesty, everyone's just kind of relaxing and no one's doing anything out of the ordinary. The only people that do anything out of the ordinary that I've seen is um, Andy Powell's boys. So like mm-hmm. the YouTube guys and UW, like, yeah. his sponsored guys like Kieran Lum, they do a lot of those Ethiopian drills. You know what I'm talking about? Where they're like, oh. in, you ever see those Instagram videos where they're all like in a line and they're doing um, other Co- plyometrics in sync? Coordinated. coordinated yeah. So they yeah. do a lot of that. They do that. Yeah. That was the only out of the ordinary thing. Other than that, you know, people yeah. do their 12 minute warm up, minute on, minute off, hard 200s, like a little bit at threshold, like yeah. that kind of stuff. Well, that's, that's, I mean, I guess I mean, depending on what level you're at, like you may or may not be familiar with that, right? So a minute on, minute off, like I, you know, I, and I think the idea between behind that, a hard 400, hard 200 is like, because sometimes that f- the first lap or the two two laps can kind of like feel the worst because your heart rate is coming up. So is is the idea to kind of get your heart rate a little elevated so it's not as uncomfortable to start? Yeah. So you get your heart rate higher. You get a little lactic acid going because contrary to popular belief, like if you are running a middle distance event, you do want a little lactic acid. In right. You do want that little bit of buildup so that you don't go. So you don't have the term, you know, I went lactic. Mm-hmm. you don't want that you want your body to have already processed it a little bit mm-hmm. so yeah so that was something um something that i see out there nothing yeah. that was too crazy but um let me dive into a little bit about my stay there so i stayed at a hotel a couple um couple people that i saw uh one of the guys from under armor baltimore that i've raced with a couple times john rinwick ran into him at my hotel um andy butchart was in my hotel too very great guy hung out with him a little bit. Um, yeah. So overall it was a good stay, had a good time there. My hotel was, it's really strange the way the Midwest hotels work because you know, California for most of the part, it's like, you know, kind of outside. A lot of it has to revolve around having like nice outdoor patios, you know, nice outdoor pools. Yeah. Um, a lot of it revolves around spending your time more outside. This looked like a dang apartment complex indoor. Like even from the outside, it just had like a glass outer shell. Was it a uh, hotel or an Airbnb? It was a hotel. It was a hotel. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So they had like townhomes in the middle of the hotel. It was Town- crazy. In the middle like, of the hotel? Little, yeah. Like little townhomes in little in the middle yeah. of the hotel. That sounds cool. very East Coast. Yeah. Super East Coast. But um, yeah, so I can get talking about my race a little bit. So did have a situation come up. I ran. So I'm warming up. The issue with that I did have with Boston was how they went about the heats. So you didn't know what heat you were in until mm. about like 
unless if you're in the scarlet or the white heat, which were the people going under 13, which is not me, you did not know what heat you were in. In the mile, unless if you're an A-lister and you knew you were going to be in heat one, mm-hmm. you don't know what your what time your start time is. They told people as heats were going off what heat you're in. So what ended up happening for me uh, was I was told I'm in heat three. So I went to go warm up, did all my strides, everything, got my numbers, was literally getting taken onto the track. And then my hip number was 12. And they go, hey, 12, we moved you back a heat. And I was like, what? And I, I pulled up my phone. I'm like, no, look, I'm in this heat. I'm in heat three. Look, I'm on heat three. They're like, we have you starting here, heat four. And I'm like, literally on the entry sheet, it says mm. heat three. Now, was it, were they fast to slow or slow to fast? For the it heat? was uh, fast to slow. Fast to slow. Okay. So I had no problem being in heat four. The issue is it's not like a 1500 where you stand right. around for five minutes. I stood yeah. around for 15 minutes. 15 minutes. I had already yep. done yep. like eight to 10 strides. I had already done warm up 200s. Yep. I had yep. done my full shakeout. Adrenaline is pumping. Like I'm gaming up mentally. Now all of a sudden I have a whole nother stressor. Did they get me in the right heat or like, are they going to let me race? So all of a sudden now I'm watching this heat go. There's only like eight guys in it, eight or nine guys. So I'm standing there. And now I can't do too many more strides because I'm really sensitive to that kind of stuff for my warm up. Very particular. But by the time it was time for my heat to go off, I was so flat. The stride stopped feeling poppy. Energy was gone. The stadium had cleared out because now it's like 8.30, 8.40 PM. So now I'm lining up just raw. Like I was going into a workout Mm. gun goes off and I'm like, okay, let's get a decent position. Let's be top third or like, you know, middle of the pack get comfortable. And I was like, Oh, okay. We're going kind of quick. 33, nine, 34, 34, one. And I'm like, Oh shoot. Like, all right, you are flat as a pancake. Okay. Let's just try to keep moving up, try to keep mm-hmm. picking them off. And I kept moving up, kept moving up, but fell asleep at the wheel a little bit. And a gap wound up opening up. There was like maybe a pack of six people and then me leading a chase pack. Mm-hmm. So I inherently soloed a 1405. Because I just led that chase pack until a K to go. Literally from like the mile to the last K, I ran by myself. Oh, man. That's tough. So, That's yeah. Tough. So all things considered, I'll say good opener. That is the fastest I've opened up. Yeah. And to put it into perspective, when I ran the season, I ran all my PBs. I did the 3K at AG. Uh, the one you hosted. Oh, yeah. Rio Grande yeah. High School. I yeah. Ran 821 full bore all out pacer as hard as I could. And I ran 821. This time around I split 821 <laughs> or 823, something like yeah. that. And I can and I went another mile. And you were six weeks earlier. You're January 26th instead of March 12th or whatever. Like yeah. yeah. Like so, damn, you're two months earlier. Yeah. So and yeah. So I think all things considered, good starting spot. Yeah, I think it's a great starting spot. And we were tracking you, we were following along, and we all, you know, I, I think that was a Friday night, right? Um, yeah. And so we had practice the next day. We were talking about it, Celis and Joe and me, and I don't remember if Dougie was there. He might have been golfing, but um, we were all kind of just like, yeah, that's going to be Mark's uh, 10K pace this spring. You know, it was just kind of the kind of the general consensus. 
um, you know, with opening up with a solid, you know, because you probably what, what grade would you give yourself that race? I would give it a B minus B minus. Yep. You know, so we're running a B minus 1405. You traveled well, you know, you know, you go. I, I always look at the other intangibles, right? You're going to the East yeah. Coast, different time zone. You're racing at um, 830 Eastern time, 530 local time. You know, it's you handled your yeah. eating and your fueling and all that stuff, you know, so that's got to give you some confidence as well. Yeah, I think the reason why I give it a B minus two is not necessarily because of the time. Like, I'm okay with 14.05. I think the reason more so why I would rate it so lower is because, you know, had the issues with warming up. Had the issues with the check-in. Two, for me, I'm a big rust buster person. So a conversation I've always had is I always suck on my opener because I'm getting used to what it's like to hurt again. And a lot of times you're hesitant to hurt again until late in the race, right? So part of me feels, looking back at it, I felt I could have dug a lot deeper earlier into that race. You know, maybe with like a mile to go. I felt like I finished, like I didn't have a wicked finish or anything, but I felt like I finished having more in the tank than I wanted. I felt like I could have kicked harder. Right. I felt like if I really wanted to, I could have dug harder and I could have fought for maybe, had I been with a pack of people. Because, for example, like I said, I was leading a chase pack and once I got passed by a couple people in those chase packs, we wound up running about a second per lap faster per 200. Like I dropped from running 34 ones down to like 32 nines. No problem. It wasn't even a thought to shift those gears. Yeah. So for me thinking, you know, maybe had I dug a little deeper, maybe had I, had I have a little bit more of that dog in me, I probably realistically could have ran five, five to 10 seconds faster. No problem. Yeah. But yeah, and it takes, it takes, uh, you know, it takes uh, reps. It takes, you know, um, races to uh, unlock that, you know, to really drain the tank. I think you, you have to have a few races under your belt, right? Yeah. You have you to know? remember what it's like going through the motions of the warm up, mm -hmm. going through the motions of how you're supposed to feel in the first lap, first mile, how to respond. Because now it's one of those things where like, okay, if I go through 200 feeling crappy, what are you going to do? Okay. You know you're not going to be able to close a gap next time around, so you better you you better get your butt to the front right away because you better start moving up. You better start closing every gap. You don't have time to mess around because you're not going to feel good enough if you get into no man's land because one thing to consider when you're tactically racing, if they're running 66s in the front, you have to be running a 65 or 65 point to close the gap. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be running faster than they are. You like looking at those splits when that gap opened up, I was running 66s like on the nose, which is 1345 pace. But the thing was they're running the same pace. So had I just closed that gap sooner when we're running 33 highs, I would have been there and I probably would have ran a lot faster. And that's part of the reason I give myself a bad grade. It's just like I ran tactically poor. I didn't dig, but I still got a decent time. Right. I basically did a glorified workout. So this is what my college coach used to call, you ran in the race, you didn't race. You you ran, you yeah. didn't compete. And that's that's essentially what I felt I did, yeah. ran. Yeah. Now, um, one thing I'm curious of is you're, you're a SoCal, we're both SoCal guys. We don't have indoor in California. How was, how was the positioning? How was the, um, you know, sort of, how did the race play out in comparison to, you know, a big outdoor 400 meter track indoor bank, banked? Is that banked? 
Yeah, it was banked. Banked. You know how how was the physicality of it? Um, that sort of thing. I think the passing is what was different. So when you pass, you're more privy to cutting people off. So if you pass somebody, you were getting pushed in the back. Nope, like without a doubt. Or if someone passed you, you were pushing them in the back. Just because it's such a tighter turn and it's such a shorter straight that when they passed, usually outdoor, you have time. So if I make a move coming off the bend outdoor, I have 100 meters to get comfortable. Versus here, you have maybe 30 meters to get comfortable because you're coming off the bend and then you're getting onto a bend right away. So a lot of people would pass coming off the bend, but they're not going fast enough to where, you know, that bank comes off super steep. They're not moving fast enough to where they're creating space between you and them. So every time someone passed, it was a shove in the back. Hmm. No problem. Or it was a clip on the spike. So that was a lot more more contact. Yeah. A lot more contact, but looking in the miles, that's a lot more physical because you're going faster and there's less time to react. Right. And the 5k, you know, I, I was in a heat where people were there. 5k's there's a little more of a gentleman's agreement. We're here to run fast. So don't do anything stupid. That's kind of the gentleman's agreement when you're time trialing in a 5k or a 10k. Versus the mile, it's always a race. Even mm. if you're there to run fast, like you being in fourth versus being in second is the difference between you having the chance to kick and win or you having the chance to kick and get top 5. Because you look at those guys' closing splits, it's crazy to see because like Craig got third with the 27-2. Like the winner won by a pretty like decent margin and he closed in a 27-1. Yeah, because if you're like you were saying earlier, if you're say 1.5 seconds back at the bell, yeah. you could still close in a full second faster and not win. yeah and you're still far back and you're still far back like a half second a half second indoor i feel like is noticeable oh 100 because that was one thing that i thought about too the mental aspect of racing i saw myself a whole straight back or less than a straight back the entire time but it looked so much more daunting because it was it was only 30 meters that i was back from that chase back (laughs) or from that front pack but it looked so daunting because it was almost a full straight. Yeah. Yeah. Versus if you're outdoor, 30 meters is a part of the bend. It's not even, yeah. It's not even, <laughs> you're not even at the top of the turn, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. But here yeah. they're hitting the bend and I'm barely not even midway through the straight. So yeah. a lot of it is more of those mental games. Right. So it's a lot. And that's part of the thing that I was kicking myself. It's just the inexperience there. It's like you could have closed that gap. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, you had a very high quality rust buster, right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, overall good trip. Good experience. Definitely going back next year. Awesome. Except I think I need a full indoor season. I want to hit like UW Husky early on. I, then I want to go to BU and then I want to hit the Valentine meet next year. This time around me and Joe just agreed, you know, it was a thousand dollar trip. Hoka cover. I get a lot of that covered, but also, you know, I want to have some budget left for in case I do want to go anywhere else later in the year. January right. super early to bl- to blow through a lot of my budget of, yep. um, that Hoka gives us. Mm-hmm. But overall, um, I think it would have been okay. Go to Valentine, maybe run ten seconds faster, 
maybe 15 seconds faster. But, or I can just put my head down and train a little bit more. So me and Joe agreed on put head down and train a little bit more. Nice. Yeah. Now I last, last thing I have to ask is the track boosted. The track is boosted. Is boosted. Okay. That track is dirty. Okay. That track is dirty, dude. Now it's not high, super high tech. It's, it's like wooden, right? Well, that's, that is what makes it nice is it is a wooden track built on like a gym type surface. So what you get from that is you get a trampoline type of effect to where 30 seconds is the optimal stride to where you don't lose rhythm Mm -hmm. if you're going at that rhythm. So that is the easiest place to break four in the mile for all all the people that want to break four. If you're ever going to do it anywhere, it's at BU. And to get your 5K PBs, it's at BU. It is such a fast track. It feels so nice. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people that tell me indoor is not fun, Craig Huff, Indoor is a lot of fun. I had a great time out there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, good job, man. Yeah, thank you. But all right. So we took a pretty good amount of time talking about Boston. But the biggest story of this past weekend, the reason we have not been able to record in a long time, because our definition is keep the main thing the main thing. That is the Olympic trials, the Marathon Olympic team trials qualification meet out in Orlando, Florida. So first off, I want to kick things off with Phil. How was the race? Um, You know, one of the things that I did kind of want to just touch on briefly is I, you know, I do work at a high school and what, what I think was really cool right before we left is all my students, um, not all my, not all the students in the school, but a lot of students together put together posters and they had little shoes and they had like, good luck, Mr. Reed. Good luck, Coach Reed, and they made me posters. And people had bought my my uh, my merch, Team Reed merch, which if you're listening, I'm wearing on this episode. Um, and we took a big picture, and like it was it was a really it was really nice welcome the Tuesday before I left on Wednesday. So that was awesome. That was a good send off. Travel all day Wednesday, get there Thursday. Um, they had this amazing athlete welcome at Universal Studios in in Orlando, Florida. Uh, it was VIP, like, um, I mean, you've been to Universal City Walk, right, Mark? Like in um, yeah. in Hollywood. So City Walk is like the free, um, it's shops and it's restaurants and it's a lot of cool attractions, but it's not like the rides, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like a cool mall. And yeah, it's like a cool outdoor mall, yeah. It's a cool outdoor mall. So they have a, they have a City Walk there, but it's a river walk. And we get there and the buses unload us. We had shuttle buses from the host hotel. Um, to universal studios and we get off the bus and um they have people waving us through city walks you have to go through city walk um to get to universal studios so there's people with these blue wands i'm holding a blue pen and they're glowing and they're like right this way right this way showing us like okay vips right this way the uh for the all the athletes and the guests and so we just followed the people holding the blue lightsabers all the way back and, until we get there. And they had the park closed down and um, they had buffet. They had um, all these little uh, buffet lines set, set up all over the park. Um, and it was just really good hors d'oeuvres and our appetizers. And they had uh, in the walk-in, right? They had, they had trolls, they had Shrek, they had all the universal characters um 
um, minions. They had minions, um, and they had a red carpet. They had a red carpet mark that we were walking down, and they were dancing alongside the 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 welcome, and they had American flags, and it was just, it was so cool. Um, it was such a you know we always sort of joke around about the walk-in sequence when it comes to whatever we're doing. Yeah. It was such a cool walk-in. Um, we go through the park. Uh, and then they have an amphitheater set up and they have like a, a welcome. There's some people that talk like the, like the, I think the mayor and the local people from the local organizing committee got up there and talked. And, um, they had the, they had our Olympic trials marathon logos on the big screens. Um, and, uh, they had these cool glowing tables. It just felt special. Right. Um, and I, I was in line getting some, you know, hors d'oeuvre meatballs, Meb right behind me you know me and right behind me and it was sworn and um you know i just talked with him just for a little bit and and you know we're both like you know getting little mini quiches and meatballs and little taco bites um and so that was cool and then they had some uh, attractions open for us um they had some attractions attractions open for us. I I rode. They had a Jimmy Fallon ride, which was like remember like Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was like so. It was like a 3D ride, which is pretty cool. And they they we went on the Mummy, um, and it was kind of funny because like my 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 wife's not a huge roller coaster person, but she she'll so I, Sergio. We went Sergio and his wife. We um um, and so we were kind of hanging out uh, with Sworn as well, and. Uh, they had kind of sold it as kind of like it's like Pirates of the Caribbean, kind of like, oh, you're just going to kind of like, you know, it's going to be cool. It's going to be slow. It's more kind of like, you know, chill. And we get in there. It's pretty intense. The mummy and is not slow. No, no, it's pretty intense. And it goes up. And it goes backwards. You fall back yeah. into the tomb. And it's like, you know, so we, you know, it, it definitely startled, you know, my wife and I, because I haven't been on the mummy in years or maybe even wasn't even in Universal when I was in high school. But um, so that was kind of funny. They were kind of joking around with us because we were kind of screaming pretty loud. But um, we did that one and then we did an, a Minions ride and I, it was just a great experience, man. Like I, I don't it was VIP. It's like I, it felt special. It felt like you know, they cared. It was like, cause the pro bowl was the same weekend in you know, Orlando. In Orlando. Wait, the pro bowl it, happened this weekend. Yeah. This, this past, Bruh, ain't, ain't nobody watched that. Ain't, yeah, ain't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know what happened. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, exactly. Right. It was a two hand touch football game, but yeah. anyways, so, um, yeah, it was just really cool. It was a great atmosphere. And like I, we were, you know, you mentioned, you know, being out late and stuff, but it was like, it was like, I, I didn't know what to expect. Right. Cause they had yeah. this athlete welcome. I'm like, what is it? And they, and they, you, every athlete got a one plus one. Right. So me and Krista could go. And then after, if you wanted more, like if I wanted to take somebody else, it was $250. And I was like, what are they, what are, what are we doing? Cause I, in my head, I kind of thought of just like one of those, you know, canned, you know, um, sort of athlete dinners that we've all been to in our whole like yeah. high school, college careers. Right. Which are nice, but it's like two fifty, like that's not. And then I realized that it's like, man, they're going to close down the park for us. So yeah. Um, it was great. That was really fun. They had food and, and, you know, we hung out and, um, that was really cool. That was a big surprise. 
Um, and what also what I thought was kind of cool too earlier that day on Thursday is um, we had some some uh, people from Hoka pull up to our hotel. Jen Rosario Ben Rosario uh, came to our hotel and dropped off uh, the the new kits and some sweats, and we got the new Cielo X ones um which had which were just like released that day and it was like um would you say the cielo x1 just for context that's pretty much like the hoka's version of like the alpha fly right i you know i haven't i you know i haven't really had the opportunity to try the the other uh brands but i my i'm i'm assuming based on how they look and their profile they're that's that's that, that stack height that cush high maximal cushiony yeah lots of carbon plating um they kind of have that profile of the of the alpha fly and the other super shoes conveyor um, belts conveyor belts man so yeah they were they're, they're super responsive and and but um yeah those shoes were great but it's another just like nice little touch of going to the trials was like how good could have easily said like hey meet us at this hotel meet us at this airbnb we'll be handing out gear, right? Meet us at the Nas Elite Hotel. I would have been there. No problem, no complaints, right? Mm -hmm. But they pulled up to our hotel when Chris and I were having, um, you know, we were having lunch with Calvin and they just, you know, in the lobby and they were just, hey, here you go. And they sat with us and hung out for a minute, right? Like not yeah. a long time, but they were like kind of debriefing like Jen, I don't know her exact like title, but she, her role is like, you know, working with athletes. So she was giving us a lowdown on like, the uh, the new shoes and and um the kind of world athletics um sort of things with the uniform and and some of the logos and stuff and which like you know what we what we should wear for the race day and just kind of just touching base and you know that that to me was was kind of special too that felt that felt cool um and then and you get a nice check for qualifying. Ooh, yeah, we won't, we won't talk about that, but also get a nice little, nice. Probably going to get a new GoPro. Probably going to get a new GoPro, right? New, a new drone. New drone. My last one, I launched into the ocean, but I got a wait. Got really? A bag. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> That's yeah. Sorry for another day, but yeah, new drone. yeah, yeah. No, I, it, you know, I got basically like Apple Care. It's fine. I got another one. Um, nice. but. So that was cool. And then next day was bottle check. Um, they, we had six personal bottles. I actually pre-decorated my bottles at marathons. There's usually a room where you decorate your bottles and it's full of arts and craft supplies, but I didn't want to like, I didn't, I didn't want to deal with that. I want to take care of that beforehand. So my bottles were pre-decorated and I just got regular bottles off of Amazon. They're just not nothing cool. Um, just you do the like catch your bottles. Huh? Did you do the ketchup? Bottle? I didn't end up doing the ketchup bottles. Ah, I, I didn't. I'm not going to steal that from you. I'm doing yeah. the ketchup bottles. You should. You should. There are a lot of people doing ketchup bottles. Oh, wow. Like literally I saw a ketchup bottle on the course, like red, like not just like the generic clear, like food and beverage container. Like it was like the red was, one at the restaurants, the red one at the restaurants. Right. Yeah. Um, Denny's. Yeah, I, I just like I did I didn't I liked the 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 top being able to close it with a sports bottle. Um so I did um did my my I mixed up all of my bottles in the hotel. I did Morton uh three twenty um drink packets. I did my bottles one and two were non-caffeinated, and then three, four, five, and six were all caffeinated. Um 
And also I did a Martin gel like 10 minutes before my race. Um, and then also I did generation. You can like 45 minutes before the race. So, and I've practiced all of this. This is, you know, I've practiced all yeah. of the fueling and the, the pre-race routine and it ended up actually being really solid. It actually, I had no cramps. I had no intestinal distress. I was very like it, it was, um, it really worked out well with the, with the, um, fueling plan, um, with my, um, you know, with just drinking it. Um, I will say though, I, I, I think Martin should come out with some flavors. It would be great to have some wild berry or something. It was, uh, cause it was just getting, tasting the same stuff every, you know, it might've been nice to have a different flavor. Um, so maybe I'll try some like calorie zero calorie, like, flavorings next time i don't know um but the fueling was fine um right. i gotta ask this question though what were your warm-up tracks Ooh. prior to the race because uh, you're you've you've gone through the motions yes you've filled up your bottles you got the kits right now there's probably a good you didn't start till 10 right so there's a good maybe what four hours that you were up before the race. Yep. Well, you when know, it, like first of all, when did it hit you that you're like, I'm racing the damn Olympic trials? Um, and then what songs did you go for from the from the playlist? I went because I was up for a while. So, you know, I made my way through the um the lane one playlist. I you know I hit up Lose Yourself. I hit up uh dreams and nightmares i hit up um you know a little j cole i hit up um some lincoln park you know faint but also got into some you know other lincoln park songs yeah um you know don't you know some deep cuts some don't stay some animation some reanimation lincoln park right we're talking yeah. 2001 2002 um and then also i you know i got into my rick ross tiny desk of course um classic i like his uh so sophisticated and um and uh don't f with me you know i got it with uh jay-z um and then also i've been listening to jeezy back uh free i think yo Gotti's in that um i sent it to you a few weeks ago i think it was just like it popped into my you know when spotify play plays you some uh, makes a playlist for you yeah it's good man it was like it was like head bobbing and then also travis scott the plan which was the theme song for the uh, for the 2020 um action movie uh tenet um yeah it's really good um so i made my way through some of that um and yeah those are the, those are the highlights i mean you know there's always going to be other songs in there those are the songs that i that come off the top of my head um, but yeah, when did it hit me that it, that it, when I got to the, cause I walked, I walked from my host, from my hotel. Cause I didn't stay at the host hotel Yeah. and my host hotel was, or my, the, ho the hotel that I stayed at was like halfway between the host hotel and the start line. So I just ended up walking. Um, I like to walk a little bit before races anyways, as you know, mm -hmm. and, um, I guess when it's when it kind of hit me that it was the Olympic trials was when I went into the athletes entrance and like there was two entrances actually there was the main there was one entrance which was like um a metal detector and 
this, you know, I have my athlete credential on and this lady, like very nice. She's just doing her job. She was like, Oh, we got an athlete here. And she stops all the traffic people walking on the sidewalk. Right. Cause I was just by myself cause I walked So she was used to having a lot of like people come off a shuttle bus, like a big, huge shuttle bus. And I'm yeah. just solo by myself. And so she, 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 she spends about a minute getting people and their strollers to stop. I'm like, I could just walk. I could just walk, man. I could just walk. And she, she's being very nice. And so she stops the, the pedestrian traffic. I get through and then she's nice. And then, then I go through the next uh, gate and there's like, you know, it's like four cops and then five race people at this gate. And they're like, they're like, Oh, Hey, good morning. Good luck today. Cause I had my credential. And then, so I had to go through two checkpoints and then I get to the, um, athlete area. And then you just see, I mean, like, like kind of Boston, you see, um, you see all the A-listers, man. You're seeing Rupp, you're seeing Chalimo, you're seeing, uh, Connor Mance, you're seeing, you know, Clayton Young and, and Zach Panning and all these like people that are, you know, on, you, you hear people talking about them. You see them on social media, you see them doing all their, you know, stuff, Emily Sisson and Kira D'Amato, like I, just all A-listers. Right. And, and then, you know, you're just sitting down waiting just like everybody else. And I think that's when it kind of hit me. It's like how tight the athlete area was and like how built up it was. They had multiple rooms. They had men's and women's uh, rooms. They had medical, they had, media they had all that stuff like this and yeah. helicopters multiple helicopters in the sky and you hear the the uh announcer getting the crowd hype like a like a legit crowd right yeah you know this isn't just a couple of people like strewn about in golden gate park like this is like crowds with barriers um so that's when it kind of hit me it was like oh man that is this is this is legit yeah all right, so that's leading into the race. Now walk me through the race all the mm -hmm. way through to the end, basically. I want to hear how that race played out. Yeah. I, was, I watched, you know, unfortunately we didn't get a lot of screen time because they spend a lot of that time on that front pack, but followed it through all the way through the end. Yeah. So I didn't really get to see the details of it all other than the splits. Right. So walk me through how the race played out for you and like what your strategy was, where you found yourself early on. And yeah, yeah. so I, you know, as I as I shared, you know, in the last couple episodes, you know, I had a little bit of a bump in training and um, hiccups, and and I tweaked my hamstring. So you know, I had to you know back off, reevaluate, pivot. So my my plan, you know, I I only was up to thirty five miles a week going into this thing. Jeez, you know, you know, thirty five miles a week, right? You're talking twenty six point yeah. two miles for one race, <laughs> and I've been doing just a little bit more than that in a whole week. And yeah. I knew this, I knew this about myself. I knew like, you know, I, I knew that I hadn't done training that, I, that I had done before. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the most intense workout I did was four times two miles, you know, at five thirty, five twenty five pace. So there was a lot of reframing and pivoting and in my head, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't say it, but I kind of knew it all along. I didn't want to, I didn't want to like complain. Well, you know, I have a hamster. I don't want to complain about it. Right. I just wanted to make it happen. But in my head, I was like, probably going to be on the best day if the stars align and it's not too hot and I don't cramp, like, you know, in the 221 to 224 range. Right. 
Yeah. Um, so I, that's what I told myself internally. I didn't share that with anyone. Cause you know, you don't, you don't ever want to concede, you don't, you know, yeah. I, 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 you know, and I'm, you don't ever want to like take any options off the table, but I was like, yeah. okay, let's go out and try 520 pace, 525 sworn and, and Sergio were like going to do that as well. So, you know, I get out there first mile dead on 520 and, um, you know, and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, I'm clicking off anywhere from five, uh, 15s to five twenties through about a mile 11. And, you know, I'm, I'm in, sometimes I'm in packs. Sometimes people are taking off flying by me, but I'm feeling really good through 11 miles, like 10, 11 miles. I'm like, I'm like in the back of my mind. I'm like, Ooh, 220, 219 kind of sounds really good right now. Um, but a mile 11, it started to kind of like the first phase of pain. Um, you know, that's when it was like, uh, it was like when I started running five thirties, five thirty fives, and they felt like five fifteens, um, you know, and it was like, I would, you know, be hitting my splits. I'd be, Oh, that was a five thirty four. It felt like a five ten, and, you know, mile 15, 16, but I was able to maintain that till 20 miles. Right. Like, so for, from 11 to 20, or so I was still clicking off in the five thirties, which, you know, is, is not anywhere close to what my PR is, but it's still serviceable. It's still, Hey, let's like, we're moving here, but where it really started to deteriorate for me was in, in mile 20, um, and 21 really, you know, it started, I started to just get tired. My legs started giving out my, my legs and just my body gave out before my cardio did. You know, like I felt like I, I was fully aware, fully conscious, fully like thinking about what's going on, but I could feel my body just start to give out. Um, yeah, that muscular and, endurance. Yeah. Yeah. Mileage, yeah. You know, and just the mileage, man, like you got so much of the training for the marathon, like 22 mile runs, 20, 22 mile runs. You're just getting used to being on your feet for two hours. Right. Yeah. The attrition. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like you're used to that pounding and, and even if you're only running an easy long run for, but you're running for two hours and 20 minutes on a long run, your legs are still getting used to having to support your body weight for that long while running. Yeah. Um, and mile 23, I had to actually fully stop in the middle of the course. I had to stop. I'll, I'll show you. I had to do one of these. I had to, I was running, <laughs> right. I was running and I was like, I had to do one of these where you stretch it out. Right. And then I got up and it cramped up again. My hamstring cramped up really bad. <laughs> right. I had to do one of those in the middle of the race, mile 23. It locked up, dude. I'm telling you. And it was my good hamstring. It wasn't even my bad hamstring. My bad hamstring. Hey, shout out Scott. Shout out Scott. My left hamstring was golden. Never even, but my good hamstring Believe it or not, this is my good hamstring. This is my good. And it locked up. And I'm just like, I had to walk. And I'm like, I just saw everything flash before my eyes. I'm like, mile 23, bro. Like, we have 5K to go. Like, you have a high school cross-country race ahead of you. You can do this. And <laughs> PA, and, Darren Park. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you can get yeah. through this. And so I, 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 I had to walk for a little bit and stretch it out. But it, it, it unlocked. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then from there, it was just kind of garbage time. I mean, I'll be honest. It was, you know, I ran like a six, I ran like six minutes for the rest of the miles, but I got to the finish line and yeah. I, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't like too much of a hot mess, but, 
Um, there was a ton of carnage out there, man, especially where I was. I was in carnage land. Like, you know, well, what in was that there, 100 dropouts or like 80 dropouts. Something like that, man. Like there was what, a, two, 238 started and I think only like one or maybe like 250 started and only like 130 something finished. Yeah, it was it was something ridiculous like that. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, and I still I, I, I finished strong. Like I told you the last when you asked me what would a good race look like, it was a race where I felt like I was finishing strong and respectable. Yeah. And I feel like it was mission accomplished. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I feel like I was able to go out there and represent myself my aggies my family um with pride and and professionalism and and you know it wasn't you know i did have to stop for a little bit but it wasn't super dramatic i mean galen galen had a also ran north of six minutes his 23rd mile um so i mean it was a lot of us out there were hurting yeah um, like you you were dealt a pretty rough hand but you played the hand that you got yeah i mean you, you know, I, I did. I played the hand. And, and one thing I did, again, I didn't really share too much because I didn't want to dwell on it. I wanted to be like, but I, I really do think that, you know, when I tweaked my hamstring in Tallahassee, I, it, I think it was a fairly significant injury. You know, I think yeah. I, I was trying to convince myself that it wasn't, but even a week later, I couldn't run on it. Like I, it was physically hurting. And for five days, it hurt to walk. Like the flight home sitting on it in the plane was painful. Like, yeah. You know, so I, 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 I kind of just like in my mind, I'm like, okay, you can't really think about it. You have to be like, okay, let's get an appointment. Let's get in and see Scott. Let's get in the weight room. Let's, let's, let's move forward. Right. So, yeah. Um, but you know, um, I, you're right. I, I played the, the, um, cards I was dealt as best I could. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, overall like was great you know, it was a, it was a great experience. Um, you know, I hit all my water, you know, like I said, hydration worked out well. Um, are we going to be, seeing, are, are we going to be seeing you make a, make a run at LA 2028? We'll see. A little early or 42 years old. I'll be 42. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We got a couple things to do between now and then. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, you know, that it was great, man. We had a, and, and shout out to just, I know I keep saying this, but like, you know, my friends and family flew out there, Yeah, you know, and hung out hey, and hey, give you know, your flowers real quick. Give your flowers to everybody that contributed. Exactly. So yeah, you know, thank you to everybody who came out to Orlando and, you know, everyone else who also cheered from afar, you know, we, it really helped. And I'm, and I mean that, I mean that honestly, like, like I said, when I was cramping up at 23 miles, I was like, I need the, I need to finish. I need to represent this movement that we've started this, this, this energy, this positivity, you know, yeah. this is hopefully something that we can all, you know, take with us and, and move forward and, and, and hopefully bring some positivity and inspiration. So I think, you know, again, bottom of the heart. Thank you, everybody, including yourself, Mark. Like, you know, I, I appreciate you texting me. You were, and I appreciate you texted me like a couple days after too. You were like, how you doing, man? Like, yeah. Like how you really doing, you know? Yeah. Cause I, after the race, I went, I texted the group text. I texted my wife to let her know that I was alive. I, texted, <laughs> I can't see or feel. I, what did you say? I can't, I can't see. I can't, I couldn't see. I, so I just went back to the men's like athlete area and by myself in a dark corner for like 20 minutes, I just sat there 
and just like I could, I was, I was like in a daze, you know, I, I, like I said, I got my phone out. I texted people to make sure that they knew that I was alive. And, and, uh, I just sat there and just reflected on this, like, oh man, what, what did I just do? Like what happened? Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a trip. Um, but yeah, thank you to everybody for all this, um, support um in terms of the race up front and you have any more questions in my experience i think we covered we covered a lot of it i really just wanted to give an idea of what it looks like to qualify what it looks like having hoka backing you Mm -hmm. what the actual race itself looked like i think we could kind of um at this point pivot over to uh the race as a whole just talk about it um yeah so i I mean, I was in the race, so I I, yeah. I had to go back and watch the <laughs> rewatch it. So, um, yeah. I mean, I think I think Zach Panning made the men's race. I, yeah, I think he really he he really went hard from mile five to twenty. Yeah, um, I got it. I gotta just say, give a shout out to my D two people. Like Zach Panning has been somebody I competed with him in college, where we overlapped for maybe about three years. Um. Dude has always been a grinder. He wasn't one of those pretty runners. And when I'm talking about pretty runners, you know, the ones that float. Yeah. The ones that kind of like, you see them like also another D2 runner. I think he got 23rd Sydney get a booty. Like he's one of those runners that you, you can tell he has a talent. He floated easy in high school, floated easy in college. Like the dude looks smooth when he runs. Zach Panning has always been one of those dudes where um, I believe he has a track 5k and 10k under his belt national championship in d2 but a lot of the times in d2 he was one of those guys that finished high but never quite won he was a runner-up quite a few times i don't think he ever got across but the dude was always top five top eight once it came down to um 5k 10k outdoor once it came down to cross country so honestly really seeing that dude he was one that i had an eye on because um i've been in a lot of races with him too he regularly does club cross he's always pushing the pace there mm-hmm. Um, where we competed, I think he got second the year me and you got seventh and ninth. Um, he also went to Worlds and got twelfth, which is why I was shocked that people didn't have him on their radar to make the team. Um, if anybody wants to look at marathon buildups, I would say his on Strava. It's all public. He's super open about his posting. The dude is a really gritty runner, and to see him take it from mile five, my opinion, I'm gonna be critical. I think that was a little premature. I think he got a little ahead of himself, which ended up paying the price. But at the end of the day, he didn't have the standard. He, I don't know that he had the ranking, but he did get 12th in the world. So maybe the 448 was a confidence point. Rallied, made a 444 mile. And dude raced hard. You got to give him his flowers there. Mm-hmm. And on the women's side, the third place finisher, Dakota Lindworm. She mm-hmm. is also a D2 mm-hmm. runner. And that is something that you're seeing, something that we've talked about historically is that in the U.S., there's an absurd number of really good marathoners that are blue collar, that are D2, that know how to hurt. It's always those runners that aren't the prettiest because we've seen guys like Chris Derrick, who was a blue chip in high school, college. Yep. We've seen other runners make those jumps to the marathon, even to a degree, Mo Farah. Yes, he did have a Chicago win. Yes, he did have um, the European record for a while. But 
he didn't quite have the success that a lot of these other grinders have. Yeah. And there's a lot of those pretty runners that don't transition that well. And that's because the marathon is such a dog event. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was a lot of what we saw in the trials. Connor Manson, Clayton Young, those guys are dogs. Clayton Young got his national title in NCAA in Texas in hot and humid 90 degree weather. Connor Mance makes me want to quit running because of how painful he looks. If I watched yeah. Connor Mance run and they're like, this is the sport you have to do, I'd be like, don't sign me up because that guy looks terrible when he runs. Yeah. He has knock knees. Mm -hmm. he look, his face looks like he's in pain from mile one, but guess what? The guy's a dog. Yeah. He can go out, he can go out there and suffer. Yeah, he he can hurt. Yeah. Same thing with Zach Panning. He looked like he could hurt. Yeah. Who, who ended up getting third? Len, Leonard Career. He was Leonard. fourth in 2020. Yeah. Lenny. Dude, uh, Len Lenny, uh, you know, he he had such a heroic race too. Because he actually like, he, he, he was like, he faded. And he then bowed. he came, he came back, right? He dropped, I want to say like in mile 23, 24, he was running like 519, 520. Yeah. But Elkana Cabet was coming back. Zach Panning was coming back. And he just kind of rallied like a 509 last mile or something like that. Like he 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 had already been out of it in fifth or sixth place. And yeah. like he people started coming back and he just kind of rallied a little bit. So what I what I what I really like about about careers race is that like he didn't really give up, right? He yeah, you know, he didn't give up and he he kind of just uh, muscled his way to the line, right? It wasn't like yeah. like you know. I feel like Manson Young already kind of started their cooldown in mile 20, you know, 25, 26. And yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think career, he just kind of just uh, kind of finessed his way in. It wasn't even like, a, you know, you know, like CJ, like his last, he, he had the last fastest mile. He had the last uh, fastest last mile of anyone in the field. You know, he was running people down and um, career kind of snaked his way through to the, Hopefully he gets in too because he doesn't have the the world A. Yeah. So he's gonna have to rely on the um the world athletics rankings. But he has a pretty strong ranking. So, you know, I hope I hope he gets in. But yeah, overall it was solid. Uh the women's race, uh, you know, Fiona O'Keefe, I think, was on a lot of people's sort of dark horse list. Um, you know, she's talented, she's from you know, Stanford. Oh um, yeah. I remember that girl when she was in high school. Yeah. I think she was from the Davis area. Yeah. She's from right. Davis. And she, I yeah. think she, she, she's relatively blue chip, right? Like she's, oh, for sure. She, yeah. was, she was crushing everybody in high school. She was yeah. like probably what two to Sarah Baxter at the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. Like, yeah. Stanford so Brad. You know, so she's, yeah, Stanford, you know, you're not scoring on Stanford's women's team without, without being, you know, blue chip and, you know, um, you know, I think she, 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 I think she wasn't necessarily on people's like top three, but it makes sense, you know, uh, but there was a lot of withdrawals in, on, on both the men's and the women's, but like, um, yeah. Molly Seidel and, uh, was it Bates? Did yeah. She, Emma Bates. Emma Bates, uh, with, with Drew, uh, Kira, Kira had dropped out. Um, yeah. Who else? Um, um what, what was her name? Oh, I'm forgetting. She. Um, she was the one that trains in Kenya. Oh, um, it wasn't Rotich. She she finished. No, 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 no. She, no, no, she no. actually got fifth. Yeah, no. Carolyn Rotich got six. 
Um, uh, it starts but, with an S. Why am I forgetting? Her last name starts with an S. It's like Sena uh, or something like that. Oh, Betsy Sena. Yeah. Betsy Sena. Yes. Yeah. She dropped it 22 she, miles. Yeah. She was another one that was a favorite to make the team. But I think what's crazier about Fiona O'Keefe, like making the team, not only she won the damn thing in her yeah. debut course and record what, or uh trials record. Yeah. And wasn't her half PB like a 69 mid? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That written down. Yeah. 69 mid. And to go out and run that twice and she yeah, won yeah. controlled. I remember me and Blake were talking about it. Shout out Blake Molly again. <laughs> me and Blake were talking about it mid race. And it's like, yo, she made a move at like mile 21. And I was like, she's never felt the deep waters yet. Like she's never been in the middle of the ocean like that. Like she might explode mm-hmm. and you're watching the splits go, you're watching the splits click. And it's like, yeah, this girl's not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> like she, she's not coming back at no, all. She, she was, she had a special day. Um, you know, I think Emily Sisson ran safe. I, she, I, she I ran very well. Yeah. She yeah. had to make the team, you know, she, she, yeah. I think, you know, she might be in a place in her, you know, career where she can see the trials as more of a qualifying event to focus on the Olympics. Um, you know, I, she's, she's obviously very talented. Um, she's good at heat running. Remember in 2021 at the, uh, trials in the 10 K. Yeah. And she crushed, she crushed everybody and, you know, classic, Hey, let's run the 10 K at 2 PM. Um, you know, and she just crushed everybody and, you know, you know, so I I think she has enough in the tank to go out there and play safe. And then, you know, Dakota Lindworm from uh, another D2. Yeah. She's Um, one. I have nothing to talk about because she shocked everybody. Shocked everybody. Shocked everybody. You know, and, and, and like, I, I think, um, Cause was, was panning a national champ in D2. Yeah. And D2, champ, I believe five, eight, 10 K, you know, I think the best Dakota did was like sixth in the 10 K, you know, um, which is a, you know, solid performance probably like, Oh, at the time, but like, you know, that's not really putting you on anyone's short list for, to make the Olympics. And, you know, she went out there and she did it. I think she works full time as she's, maybe she's like paralegal or something. She has to work full time. Like, yeah. I'd, I'd be totally no offense, but I'd be totally shocked if she didn't, because like looking at her personal best, this is on her world athletics page. Like looking at a personal best, her five K PB is listed here on the road. 1610 Her half marathon. Okay. She, she threw down in Houston, 6930, but like her marathon in Chicago this past year, 224. So it's like, okay, she's a great runner, but like, you know, maybe on the, uh, on the qualifying list, she's barely cracking the top 10. But to yeah. go out there and actually make the team and where she based out of Minnesota. Yeah. Bro, my agency's based in Minnesota. You cannot run there no. outside for four months out the year. No. Downtown, like, Min- downtown Minneapolis, the buildings are all connected via tunnels, so you don't have to go outside. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're having to train on treadmills or, or indoor facilities, right? And then even during their quote unquote nice weather, I went there in September and I see all these people running around with bottles in their hands. And I'm like, NARPs, like, you know, they're NARPs. Like I'm an elite runner. I don't need a water bottle. I'm the one person out there without a water bottle. Dude, I legitimately like died on that run. It's probably hot and humid, right? 
hot and humid and that's beautiful weather weather for them mm-hmm. yeah. so for her to qualify out of minnesota i don't know very much about her and like you said she might be a paralegal i haven't done any research on that but she's probably working full-time super blue chip man yeah <laughs> i mean not yeah, blue chip, blue collar blue collar yeah like you know and to, the fact that you know just the names that she's beating who they wake up every day and they're professional athletes you know yeah um, like they get paid to do this they're doing altitude stints yeah they have they're, altitude camps you know they're napping during the day mm-hmm. they're you know they probably have everything paid for by their sponsor yeah like that that's always impressive to me i always got to tip my hat off to that yeah yeah, so shout out, shout out to our uh, six men and women that we're sending to Paris to represent us. That's going to be exciting. Um, a lot of people are high on Fiona O'Keefe meddling too. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the Molly Sidell hype, Molly yeah. Sidell effect. I think meddling might be, that's going to be tough because yeah. this year is going to be insanely, insanely, insanely competitive. Not yep. want to knock, knock her or anything, but, you know, you, she ran... Shout out to her running 222, but you got athletes right now running 214, mm-hmm. 215 in yep. their sleep. It's one of those things where we always want to give the American the puncher's chance because, you know, we have main character syndrome, but we got like Helen O'Beary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think G'day probably from mm-hmm. Ethiopia is going to do it. Who's the gal that just set the world record in the yeah. marathon from Ethiopia as well? We got a handful of girls running 214, 215. Yep. Yep. So you're just, you know, so our, our shot is going to be the grittiness, right? It's like, if it's hot, if it's hilly, you know, it's, and it's not paced, you know, those, you know, the pacers really do help. I mean, Oh, for sure. You don't have to think, you know, you're, you're talking four or five seconds, a mile even of, uh, you know, of, of benefit there for pacers, but yeah, you're not going to have that. Right. So, you know, I think that's where we are. You know, I think, you know, in the marathon for you, like you said, we are, you know, we are the underdog. Typically Americans yeah. are in the, in the, um, in the marathon. Yeah. And, and I think we like that, you know? Um, yeah, but all right. We, I see we're at about an hour 10. Yep. So I just want to want to cap things off. I, I think we had a lot of talk about today. We can talk for days on these topics, but right. um, especially with individual athlete performances, that's something that, we might have to circle back on next week as things start to slow down. But next week we will have USA indoors. We'll have Milrose. We'll have, or in two weeks, we'll have a lot more to talk about. So right. subjects might die, but for the sake of time, I just want to ask Phil, um, what's next for you, man? Like you just ran the trials what, yeah. about five days out, six days out. Yeah. Um, when I- you just last ran. What you got next on the calendar? Have you thought about that at all? When are you going to start training again? Do you have any goals? Yeah, I, I def I'm excited. I, cause I just, I learned so much. I learned so much about training and, and like injuries and just what needs to happen that I'm actually super motivated to get out there and start training again. I don't think I recovered properly after Houston last year, um, because I finished and I just was thrown into coaching, um, head coach high school track and field, which was, which was, which was a lot of work and I, I didn't, I didn't make an, I didn't make a lot of me time last spring. So I think, I think kind of the startings of my hamstring started then, but I just really want to double down on recovery. Um, I want to start, I'm going to take seven days off at least. And then, 
you know, maybe even 10 and just start running and, and starting and, and starting to feel good, you know, build up some miles. So I'll probably start running next week sometime. But in terms of races, I don't know. I want to get something on the calendar. I thought maybe, maybe like think about grandma's in June, um, half marathon, um, marathon, you know, that, you know, things like, you know, Chicago and, uh, you know, New York start, start kind of popping into my head, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do another marathon this year. Um, just because, you know, it does take a lot of effort, but I want to get back out on the roads. I want to do some, some, you know, PA, like, you know, 5k, 10k races. Um, I want to get back out there. I want to do, I want to put something on the calendar. Um, yeah. you know, I hope maybe, a, a like a June half, maybe a May, June half. Um, and, and then just, and then look at something maybe in the fall too. maybe start, start looking at something in the fall. So I, I haven't, I don't have anything concrete, you know, cause there's a lot of it's going to depend on how I'm feeling. Um, but I want to get back out there. Like I want to put something on the calendar. I want to get healthy. I want to get in the gym and get the hamstrings just rock solid. I want to be able to do workouts with you and Celis where I don't have to be scared of running a 32 second 200. Right. I want to be able to yeah. do, you know, I want to feel good about doing 200s on Wednesday nights. Like I don't want to be scared of that. And yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, oh, a uh, beta breakers. Yep. That's, that's next. That's the next, next. that's, that's next. Uh, that's definitely on the schedule, but, um, yeah. My question for you is when are you debuting in the marathon? Ooh, I have right now penciled in fall 2025. Ooh. Yeah. Like, a like a New York or a Chicago or, uh, I guess winter. Um, that's CIM. Just CIM will be my first one or, uh, Houston's good too. I like Houston. Yeah. I'm thinking CIM just because of the time I want to run. I have a time in my head that I think I can debut at that. I won't, that I won't shot call, but one, my debut marathon, cause I've thought about this a lot. It's something that's in my head. It's something that I've circled on my calendars, LA 2028. That's going to be all my eggs in that basket. So we're, like we said, we're a ways from there, but everything I'm doing is in preparation for that. Getting faster on the track is in preparation for that. Learning how to train correctly is in preparation for that. Reading countless books, reading countless articles on training. As you guys know, I'm obsessed with this. It is all in preparation to take a real swing in 2028. But ideally, my debut marathon in 2025 would be about having a good experience. It wouldn't be so much about the time. The time would be reflected in, you know, having a right buildup. I probably wouldn't swing right away for 120 miles a week. I probably would start with 100, 110 and just seeing what works, what days of the weeks can I push, fueling, hydration, gels, like, okay, working on things like in the gym, mm -hmm. where's my weight at? Like just getting all of like the – Basically creating like an SOP, a standard operating procedure Yeah, <laughs> on the marathon. Would that's be that's my, real. Yeah. It would be my goal for my first one. Having a good experience, even if I wound up not running as fast as I wanted to on the debut, it's like, okay, did you finish? Yes. Okay. Check one. Did you close strong? Okay. Check two. What went wrong? What could we change for the next build? 
what can we work on? What are some things we can tinker with? What are some areas you can be better in? What are some things that you might be able to eliminate next time? And overall, just be able to analyze those things and kind of take a real approach to it. Or So then after that, I can really start taking swings at times and put myself in a position to create some longevity in the sport, give myself a real fighting chance in 2028, give myself a, put myself in the best position possible. Yeah, man. I, I, I think that's great. I think I'm having a multi-year yeah. plan and I think those are all really good things, really good details to focus on. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward yeah. to your debut. I think you got a good, I mean, just seeing your, you know, San Jose half and just little, just how, you know, you are able to, you know, in our tempos and training runs, you are able to be reserved and get and get in the quality volume. Um, I think, I think the marathon is going to suit you very well. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I wish I can be, you know, a 1500 runner, 5k runner, but, um, I do think the marathon is where I'm going to be able to take my most strides. I think that's where I'm going to be able to have the biggest impact for, the level I want to compete at and the level that I feel I should be at um, for how much work and how much effort I put into this. I do think the marathon is my best case scenario to try to compete at the highest level I possibly could, because I, I don't do this for my health. Every time people ask me like, do like, so you're a runner. Like, do you, do you enjoy that? For me, my go-to line is always, I don't think being this skinny looks cool. <laughs> like, I don't think looking like this is, is cool yeah like if yeah. you're up to me dude i'd be jacked but yeah. i don't do like i said i don't do this for my health i do this because i want to compete at the highest level i'm sure you could relate to that too in the sense of yeah we don't we, i i always frame it this way i don't run i train right so yeah long long answer for 2025 i love it I to debut i love it that's yeah can't wait can't wait that's gonna yeah. be that's gonna be a big that's gonna be a big fall because we have we have the world championships in cross country in Tallahassee in 2026 and so now I'm gonna be a masters. Um, <laughs> don't make me change. <laughs> don't make me change. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I'm excited, man. We got like multiple years, yeah. right? Like, like I feel I'm already thinking about the fall of this year. It's weird. It's <laughs> yeah. You know. Um. So, anyways great episode we got a lot to talk about um yeah you know we had some good discussions there so um anything else no i think i think we're good an hour 20 g's man i yeah. feel like we didn't even touch on everything <laughs> no we didn't um yeah but hey that was a good episode yeah all right well thank you mark thank you everybody for listening make sure you like comment subscribe to the lane one talk show for more episodes on all platforms See ya.